0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 48 of Abe Thompson and Other Disappointments. Uh, Doing absolutely nothing to quell accusations of metropolitan elitism. I'm coming to you live this week from London Bridge, from Bermondsey Uh, is where we're working today. And so I thought, you know what, nip out for my lunch, give you guys a little update, share some thoughts, share some feelings. Um, How are you doing? how how are you are you okay oh wait no this is just it's just a one way thing this isn't it must remember um so the big big story at the moment is obviously this uh, number 10 secret christmas party that happened last year uh it's it's astounding isn't it when when you get into politics if you sit anywhere near the left of the political sphere, you sort of caricaturise, if that's a word, the Tories as being these sort of you know evil Machiavellian masterminds, uh, as though they are you know these devious, dastardly men in usually men in top hats in some you know dark corner of a basement bar in Mayfair plotting how to make life harder for people on universal credit, like. <laughs> And it's only when you see news stories like this rise up Of which there have now been I'm going to say five to ten news stories Where it's hugely embarrassing for the government I'm talking, you know, Dominic Cummings Barnard Castle The Matt Hancock affair The Patterson shit You know, that's just the the three big ones I can think of off the top of my head But I think there's been about five to ten of them uh, various levels of embarrassment um, Where you You, you realise that it's not That they're these sort of devious Machiavellian Masterminds, they're actually very Bad at being bad And I think that's an important point To make is that We really would be in trouble if they were good At being bad If they were excellent bad guys If they were masterminds And they'd really thought through How to fuck over the country and how to be mean people then we really would be in trouble it's just through sheer luck through a roll of the dice and fate that we've ended up with authoritarian kind of you know fascism light type politicians who also luckily happen to be incredibly incompetent and too stupid to see further than like the next day's headlines it really is our good fortune that this is the caliber of fascists that we've got number 10 if it was if they were good at doing bad things we'd never fucking hear about any of this shit you know they wouldn't they wouldn't risk their political careers on having a bit of a christmas jolly you know it doesn't take a, a devious machiavellian mastermind to realize that if you want to do x y and z and enrich you and enrich your friends and family and contacts and Uh, and secure roles for your children in Westminster and the journo political sphere. If you want to be a massive cunt like that, you probably shouldn't risk your entire livelihood and political reputation on having a bit of a secret bash in number 10 Downing Street (laughs) on the fucking 18th of December 2020, the same day that you're telling everyone that it's going to be a really tough Christmas and unfortunately we're going to have to put restrictions in and that we can't rule out a lockdown. You know, if, if they were, if they were uh, more intelligent and, and uh, more considered and applied a little bit more of like forethought uh, and didn't have such a, a pathetically short-termist mentality across the board, across all of the disciplines of, uh, of, of like the cabinet secretaries of state... If they if they applied any forethought whatsoever, um, we really would be in trouble. (laughs) They wouldn't risk their livelihoods on that ship. Like Boris Johnson at the moment is is little more that you know. We we always talk about how he's this sort of um, you know he's never really matured out of the school playground is the sort of image that is often uh, conjured up with him. He's this sort of overgrown schoolboy. Who's dressed in his dad's clothes, sat behind his father's desk pretending to be Prime Minister? That's very much the vibe that you get from him, I think. Um, and this is just like the latest chapter in that incredibly depressing story is it's like we 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 see him as this sort of arrested development, fumbling idiot. Uh, but this is it's not that it's not that um different to you like do you remember when you were a kid and you know let's say you were like 15 16 and your parents would go away for a weekend in the cotswolds you know your dad or your stepdad would whisk your mum away for a weekend in the cotswolds just to get away from you and meanwhile you'd be thinking oh i got a free house yeah and then you get like you know only like five or six of your mates over which is what fucking Nothing, but five or six of your mates when you're all like fifteen or sixteen years old is reckless. People start having fights on the floor, plates get smashed. You start raiding the old deers like spirit cabinet, and before you know it, the house is a bit trashed. There's fag burns in the carpet. There's a I don't know if it's a really good one, then maybe there's a, a couple of used condoms <laughs> like slugged over the bathroom bin, or you know, or a condom wrapper. And anyway, like then then your parents get back home on the Sunday night. And they say, Did you have a party? And you say, No, 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 no I didn't 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 have a party. Why? Why did Adam did Adam say that I had friends around? Did he? He's such a grass. You know, like, it's that, it's that kind of mentality of just denial, just dismissing the accusation. No, no attempt to to engage with the scrutiny on it. Just this pathetic, like, no, no, no! It wasn't definitely wasn't a party. No. Well, what about these fagburns? burns? What about these seventeen people that say you had a party? Well, I don't know. Don't know where they got it from. You have to ask them. <laughs> you know, it's just it's so base level. Like it's like a play about evil, Machiavellian, mean people, written by five year olds. That's how basic we're dealing with this. And I don't really know why we're not getting the scrutiny or the answers or the journalistic integrity to be able to deal with, uh, with a story like this. Um, because when you look at the way that it's handled, like the, the story, here's, here's a trajectory that this would follow if this were a political thriller that we were watching, right? Uh, in, in this, uh, imagined political thriller, the prime minister, uh, asks the whole of the country to stick to uh, certain restrictions in a pandemic situation. And everyone in the country sticks to the the restrictions and some of them lose loved ones and they don't get to say goodbye to them. Uh, And then it turns out that the Prime Minister himself was not sticking to restrictions and having big old fucking knees-ups and knocking back moe and doing a fucking conga down Downing Street. What would happen in that, right? Is the, the journalists would then expose it. They would demand answers and the Prime Minister would fumble and then begrudgingly he would admit that something like this is how it would work in a common sense sort of setting in a political thriller but it doesn't work like that in real life anymore does it what, what actually happens is a newspaper the Daily Mirror in this case uh, expose that something untoward has happened and then it gets asked in Prime Minister's questions so Keir Starmer yesterday so I'm recording this on Thursday Keir Starmer yesterday, uh, in Prime Minister's Questions, asked three times if Boris Johnson had had a Christmas drinks party without social distancing, inviting between, like, I think it was 40 and 50 people crammed into this little room in Downing Street, getting pissed, and three times he just, he dismissed it. He didn't, he didn't answer the question. So putting aside the fact that it's called Prime Minister's Questions, because this is your chance... Yeah, I say your, this is Keir Starmer's chance as the elected uh, representative of like, the opposition to ask him questions, to scrutinise him. Um, like, what good is that if he's not going to actually answer the fucking question? But leave that aside for a second, because that is just an ongoing, never-going-to-be-fixed issue. Uh, you know, it's not really Prime Minister's questions. It's a load of drunk fucking Westminster-types. But like, bellowing at each other across the benches, isn't it? It's not a civilised debate or conversation. Um, but leaving that aside for a second, what what we get is not the, the polit- political thriller trajectory of, you know, something bad happens, someone gets exposed, then eventually they get held to account and they begrudgingly admit that they did wrong. What we get instead is uh, Keir Starmer asking three times and then Boris Johnson going all of the rules were followed, no rules were broken, I've said what I've said, and that's it, right? <laughs> so just, just a non-answer, because nobody's talking about whether the rules were broken, we're talking about laws, we're talking about the Coronavirus Act, aren't we? It's not laws, it's not guidelines, and it's, it's this sort of weird, I hesitate to use the phrase gaslighting, because I, I think it gets banded about too much, like everything is gaslighting at the moment, but But in this instance, it is kind of gaslighting because it's trying to make you question your own sanity and your own memory. Like, is it? I'm sure I remember them saying this was a law. You know, it's a bit like when Dominic Cummings went to Barnard Castle. Like before that... Everything was, well, it's against the law to step outside of this area and to go further than this number of metres and you can't meet family and blah, blah, blah. This was law. And then as soon as they found out that Cummings had fucked it, then suddenly it became guidelines. It, it was demoted from, like, all of the cabinet staff then referred to it as, well, you know, we think he, he stuck within the guidelines and, you know, sometimes people don't manage to stick to the guidelines, to the letter, and suddenly it got all watery. And it makes you think, like, now when we're talking about rules were followed, or to the best of my knowledge, then, all rules were followed, we're not talking about laws, we're talking about... We're talking about... Sorry, we're not talking about rules, we're talking about laws. So it's this weird sort of... Um, uh, I don't know post-truth gaslighty thing, where they are—they—they've obviously done something wrong, uh, and now they're trying to lie about it, and try and dig their heels in and dismiss and uh, distort. Uh, and so it's going to be really interesting to see where this where this heads, because if recent history is anything to go by, right, and we can judge them by very little else. Uh, But if if their recent debacles are to provide some sort of roadmap for where we're headed uh, with this scandal, then just look at um, look at the the Matt Hancock affair. So to begin with, it was just that he had had a bit of like he'd got his end away with a married woman. He was married and she was married and they were up to whatever. Um, And then Boris Johnson said he considered the matter closed. Do you remember that? Um, But then there was such uproar, such anger about people having to follow these rules when Westminster apparently didn't see fit to. Uh, They just wanted to get uh, get on with whatever it was that they were always doing, which was having their way with somebody else's wife, right? So it was only when there was this massive uproar about it that then, begrudgingly, after, what, like 10 days of fucking around... (laughs) finally matt hancock resigned and then the next day boris johnson was like well yes uh, you know we f- blah 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 on friday and then i sacked him on saturday like no you fucking didn't so i think it's gonna happen in a similar way with this i think they're gonna dig their heels in they're gonna say oh i consider the matter closed and you know rumble on and rubble on and the journalists won't stop asking questions all the good journalists at least won't stop digging and saying well who was there why would they lie what time was this what date was that why did you have the party on the 18th and then go out and do a press conference on the 19th saying that everyone's gonna have to cancel Christmas you know like they're gonna keep asking these awkward questions until finally exhaustively somebody like Boris Johnson is gonna have to hold their hands up and say okay look we did do it and um yes it was ill-advised and it was signed off by... Like, that's the big thing, is who the fuck signed this off? How can you be so removed from... And, and non-self-aware and so detached from what's going on in, in in a major event like a pandemic? Where it's in your face every day. You know, you're walking around, you're seeing people with masks on. It's not like you can plead, like, oh, I forgot about it. <laughs> it's not like you know outside of a pandemic where you could maybe make some sort of case of like well look they just live in a different world to us you know they just forget about us little plebs from a, from time to time like this is a pandemic related issue and they just decided to press on with having their fucking house party <laughs> so somebody somewhere must have known that this was going to go down badly but they just how i imagine they signed it off as they probably said all right look um we will go ahead with the Christmas drinks, but, uh, just be warned that the prime minister is probably going to announce, uh, restrictions tomorrow, like the day afterwards. So, uh, yeah, just, um, you know, try, just try and, try and keep it low key, you know, like that sort of vibe. But even that is dishonest and kind of gross when you think that at the time there were There were people in, you know, tier one... And then their mum was in tier three... They couldn't get to see their mum... But they followed the guidelines on the basis that... uh, We're all in this together... Etc... And then their mothers contracted COVID... And died alone... And meanwhile... In the background... Boris Johnson... Knocking back fucking cases of Moe... And, you know, having a bit of a... Doing a speech... Doing one of his blustery speeches apparently in one of the, like, the rooms of number 10 that were really, uh, 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 like, clam- clambered together, like, 40, 50 people in there, doing a speech saying, talk, like, remarking about how crowded it was. So he's in there, glasses of champagne, flowing around, people laughing, joking, kissing under the mistletoe. Meanwhile, down the road, in, I don't know, St. Thomas's Hospital or wherever, some old lady's dying alone, unable to see her children. So it's kind of... You know, if ever there were a story to cut through and to anger people, this has got to be it, hasn't it? This has got to be the one. I mean, the the thing that makes me cry, that makes me fucking weep for the nation is I I don't know if it will. I think I'm at I'm at this point of my like political um, life cycle. I, I don't know. What the correct word is, but I'm at, I'm at the point in my life where uh, I've seen enough of these scandals, not really move the dial in in polling. Uh, where now I sort of think like the only the, the only time the polls have really moved in Labour's favour, or rather against uh, the Tories, has been the other week when all the Patterson corruption stuff really kicked off. And the reason, I think, that it really changed in that very short period was because the mail really went to town on Boris Johnson. And I think we all know what happened there, is they they published about two weeks of incredibly critical um, front pages, headlines, really damning stuff. It was, uh, uh, from memory, the headlines were something along the, along the lines of... The return of Tory sleaze. That was one. Another one was... Is anybody in charge in number 10? That was another one. Uh, you know, this, this big thing about sleazy... Um, uh, sleazy Tory MPs not obeying their own rules... And breaking the rules and enriching themselves and all that shit. Uh, but th- that, those two weeks of government critical coverage were enough to achieve two things, right? They were enough to, to, to move the dial in the polling, so it, it erased any Tory lead, and it put Labour ahead by six points at one point. Um, but it also <laughs> ejected the editor of the Daily Mail. I don't know, like, people have told me that he was actually going to go anyway, that his tenure as editor of the Daily Mail... Um, as a, as a sort of corporate restructure and a merger with the Mail Online and various kind of movements um, that he was always going to go. But it does seem kind of... I mean, look, it's, it's a bit coincidental, isn't it? That the, the minute that they start doing critical coverage, actually reporting some news, that within a matter of days, he's ejected from his corner office of Mail HQ. Um... So I don't know if this is really going to change much. I think probably what will happen is things will just, like, toddle along. Boris Johnson will do what he always does, which is whenever he's asked a question which he doesn't like the answers to or he doesn't want to reveal the answers to or he just doesn't like the tone of the question or whatever, if it's something where he stands some chance of getting into trouble, then, what he does is he does this. He goes, oh, No, 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 rub- oh, rubbish. That's it. <laughs> that's his whole, like, retort. All that fucking tens of thousands of pounds, uh, probably hundreds of thousands of pounds of education going to Eton, Oxford. Uh, and that's the best that he can do in terms of his debate skills, is like, oh, No, 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 rubbish. And he does it in interviews. You can see it like when, I think, when Andrew Neil uh, interviewed him years ago and in in other, you know, breakfast sofa appearances uh, and, indeed, uh, in Prime Minister's Questions. Whenever Keir Starmer suggests that something untoward might have happened or asks him to provide further information about something, he just does the, "Oh, oh, rubbish, rubbish. But he never actually offers any information to dispute what the person is saying. So it's like if I say to you, your car is not blue. And you say, uh, no, no, it is blue. And then I say, no, no, it's not. Because look, here's a, here's a Polaroid of your car and it is not blue. And then you say, oh, no, 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 rubbish, rubbish, rubbish. Like that. That does not fix the problem. That doesn't change the argument or win it in your favour. But what it does do is it, it, it looks like you're responding. And you wouldn't, like, Pete. I suppose the calculation is that, people see him say oh no rubbish rubbish um and they think oh well he wouldn't say that if there was some chance that he was going to be exposed as you know like telling lies like why would he dismiss it as rubbish unless he really had his ducks in a row you know what i mean so and i think to some extent the people who that calculation is probably accurate i think um for a lot of a lot of people i don't want to sound too sort of elitist and snobby here but for a lot of people they don't obsess over politics they just go into the office and they clear their emails and then they come home and they put a ready meal in the microwave and they throw on you know Gemma collins latest god-awful reality show and that's enough for them and then occasionally what they'll do is they'll flick on channel 4 news while they're making a the dinner or sorting the washing out and uh and it's enough for them to just quickly catch the headlines. And on those headlines, it'll, it'll be like, and Keir Starmer today asked the Prime Minister three times if there was Christmas drinks that broke the law. And, and then they'll quickly flash to Boris Johnson and he'll go, oh, no, rubbish, rubbish. And then that's enough. That's it. Case closed for them. And so the calculation that they make by doing that, by behaving or retorting in that manner, is actually quite a solid calculation, isn't it? It's sort of, well, if I look like I'm dismissing it, well, then that's enough for some people. But it's, there has to be greater scrutiny than that. There has to be some sort of change or demand on political leaders to have to retort, to provide further scrutiny. Like, it's not enough to haul them in front of a select committee, like, once every three months or however often... They're hauled in front of Yvette Cooper. And Yvette Cooper actually holds them to account and says, well, why did you say this? Did you, did you just make these numbers up in your head, Mr Johnson? Did you, like, what? but then on the 17th of May, then you said this. But then on the 19th of May, you said that. So where was to do, you know, in that setting, they actually do do a great job of holding him and people like him to account. But when it's, when it's Prime Minister's questions, he has the luxury of not just... Like there being no expectation that he'll actually provide any substance, uh, but he also has. Don't forget, he's got fucking two hundred conservative drunkards behind him, going like rah, 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 all that shit. So it can be. I I don't know. Like, my yeah. my my faith in prime minister's questions and indeed of getting any substance out of Boris Johnson to refute any of these claims is is at rock bottom, uh, and I think probably what will happen is this will blow over unless the male or the sun jump on it. And I don't think the male will because now they've reinstalled their previous director who's an incredibly pro-Boris type. Uh, did I say director? I, I meant editor. Um, and, uh, and I don't think the sun will either. Uh, I was looking at some of the newspaper coverage today and today is probably the peak of it, right? Today is when we know that these parties happened. Today is when we know that it's, it's like front page of the mirror. Uh, it's all over Twitter. There's, there's various sort of campaigning and lobbying journalists who are digging out old articles and old bits. Like there's one guy, Otto English, who was a guest on this podcast uh, a few weeks ago. Uh, and he's fig- figured out, he's dug out that um, uh, Kay Burley... This is just a, a reminder because so, so much gets lost in the quick turnover of news. Like, if you, if you don't really go hunting for shit, it just gets lost in the ether. But it's worth remembering, as, as Otto English said on Twitter, that Kay Burley, the Sky News uh, presenter, Kay Burley was suspended from Sky News for six months. And there were people campaigning, like, saying she should be fired. And her crime was that she held a birthday party, I think, from memory. Did she have a birthday party? And she invited a load of people and there was... So there was a thing that it wasn't social distanced. It broke, broke the law. Uh, other people were making great sacrifices. And so why should this rich TV news presenter get to have some big bash when everyone else is just like, oh, well, it's my 40th. I guess I'll stay at home because it's a pandemic. So there was, there was some, some anger there for, for good reason. People were angry at her. Uh, and she was suspended, and that's probably the right decision. I don't think she should have lost a job. I think she's a founding member of Sky News, so it would be a bit weird if she was completely ejected, but fine. Um, but it's as, as Otto English mentioned on Twitter, um, she was suspended for six months for this this same thing that now it turns out All this staff and security, I guess, and maybe a few cabinet ministers have done in Downing Street. And you know what's strange is how the fuck has this stayed secret for a year? (laughs) You know, like it's so, isn't it weird that it's like, it's just coming out now. And where are we? I think it's the 3rd of December today or is it the 2nd? Uh, So, you know, getting back into Christmas time. And suddenly now, a year later, this shit is leaking out. Like, who's who have they pissed off? <laughs> they, like, have they just fired someone? Is this Matt Hancock? Is that what it is? Or is it Cummings? It's been leaking this. Because this feels like a sort of vindictive thing. That it was like let sleeping dogs lie, you know, and it was maybe a little bit of like, oh, I can't believe we got away with that shit. That was fucking crazy. If the papers had found out about that, oh, oh, we would have all been in trouble. I bet they had a jolly good chortle about it around sort of, you know, May or June. Like, oh, it's really lucky they never found out about that. And now where are we? We're like fucking, you know, a year later, it's leaking out. Um, what else is in the news at the moment? There's a big thing at the moment about weather... Donald Trump will run again in 2024 Um, I interviewed a guy, a professor Martin Spinelli, his name is uh, he was on an episode a few weeks ago also and he said that the bookies at the moment are offering greater odds better odds more likely odds I suppose is the right way of saying it uh, that Donald Trump will go to prison rather than be president again (laughs) Which is like, that's, you know, I don't spend an awful lot of time in betting shops and I I'm not really familiar with the way the odds work and, and all of that. But that's quite a comforting set of odds to see, isn't it? It's like, if you put money down that, that Donald Trump was going to go to jail and then they, it paid out, you know, and you won 500 quid out of Trump going down, that's a good fucking Friday. That is a, holy shit, I've got 500 quid to, to go and celebrate. <laughs> The thing that I just won the 500 quid on. Double win. I don't know if he will do. I think it sets quite a dangerous precedent for presidents if you jail them. And I know, look, I get the argument that, you know, if he has done, like if he's actually done crimes, right? So if he's, let's say, I don't know if he's done anything like this, but let's say there's some sort of securities fraud or like inflation of asset value and deflation of asset value, uh, manipulating the figures and spreadsheets so they could get greater loans or better interest rates so that then they could invest. And if there's some jiggery, pokery, fuckery like that, uh, I do kind of think he should go to prison. Um, But it's not a political thing. I just think that if the law is the law and it applies to everyone then whether somebody is a Donald Trump or a Joe Biden uh, or, or Barack Obama or whoever, it should be applied to them equally. And you can you can make a case, if you like, that it's, it sends like a, a, a troubling message to the rest of the world that the supposed greatest Western liberal democracy of them all is jailing former presidents. Because it does look a little bit like... Banana Republic coup esque, doesn't it? Like, get this guy out and send him to jail, or you know, trump up some charges on this guy and then send him to jail. Um, and to some extent, maybe you know, maybe there's credence to that. Maybe you know, if if Donald Trump had never been president and had never been as quote unquote problematic in various aspects of his life, would. Certain people be targeting him for prosecution for these things? Like, if he had just stayed as a slightly extravagant real estate developer, would people be investigating him for X, Y, and Z? Probably not. But it's kind of one of these things where it's like, is that not just a consequence of his own actions? You know, if you were involved in dodgy shit, wouldn't you stand back for a second and go, do I really want to spend? 10 years in the limelight with like being the most famous person on the fucking planet. Is there a chance that that might bring negative attention to my crimes? I think maybe, maybe it's better to just bow out. I suppose that's where the ego takes over. It's like, no, you can't bow out. People won't know how great you are. Um, you'll never go to jail. You're amazing. Donald, uh, so, yeah, I don't know if it's, if it's a great thing that, that people are saying that he might go to prison. As much as I would love to see... I mean, nobody wants to see him in an orange jumpsuit crying about spending the rest of his life in prison more than me. Because I think he's probably a really bad guy. Um, actually, my, my, my hope, really... Is not that he gets jailed for security fraud I hope that he gets Somehow caught up in this Maxwell uh, trial And I think one of the first witnesses In the uh, Ghislaine Maxwell trial Has suggested that she was flown On a plane with fucking Bill Clinton, Donald Trump And fuck, who was the other one? Bill Clinton, Donald Trump And Prince Andrew Uh, And so she's saying These are the famous people And you know I was a 14 year old I was Jane Doe And uh, And it's That's quite a That would be a hell of a way For him to go You know Everyone's talking about He should be jailed for this He should be jailed for that And And his his accusations that the electoral process was wrong or he should be sued by the vote counting machine companies for bringing their industry into disrepute and look there's there's so many things you could probably get him for but top of the list i would like to see him jailed for would be the credible prosecution with witness testimony and receipts you know old flight logs and all of that that make it absolutely irrefutable that he were a child molester Because then, not that I think it would shake any of his base support, because it's basically like a sort of Jesus figure at this point. It's it's, uh, transcended politics. It's moved into sort of cult-esque ideology uh, at this point, where if you said to, you know, half of fucking Texas, uh, you know, what do you think about Trump being jailed for child molestation? I honestly truly believe that, half of texas would still say nah i don't believe it he's no he's the second coming of Christ. like they, they really treat him like he's a fucking messiah and they will never believe it's like it's like do you remember those old courtroom scenes of michael jackson and then outside the courthouse he's like dancing on cars and shit and there's fans there screaming and crying for him and Michael, we love you, Michael. Like, even though this is a guy that's being hauled into court for the second time for child molestation. And there's witnesses and there's, you know, maids and there's testimony kind of, you know. I know he got off. I know he was never actually prosecuted, but come on. There's no, <laughs> there's no smoke without fire. And it's not like Jacko did. Look, I used to be a Jacko fan, a big Jacko fan. But it's not like he didn't fit the fucking profile You know, this sort of slightly weird recluse Unable to form relationships with adults uh, You know, permanently single um, He's, you know he, let's, let's be real The guy, he, he, he was a non uh, And the sooner we could all come to terms with that, the better But there were some people, even as he was being led into the courtroom For his second trial of child, child molestation Who would still not give up they were like, Michael, we love you. And it's the same with Trump. It's that there will always be this army of brainless adulation who will treat him like a messiah. And anything that you say against him in terms of, you know, receipts and flight logs and he was there and I saw him and this happened and he touched me, all of that will be seen as some sort of conspiracy from the left to get rid of the all-powerful Donald Trump. Um, and so I, I suppose really that's what I'm getting at. is that That's the reason I want to see him jailed for that. Not necessarily because, I mean, look, it's going to be horrendously humiliating for him uh, and hilarious for me. But it, it will be more enlightening. It will be the catalyst that shows us just how fucking crazy these people have become in terms of their undying adulation for Donald J. Trump. Um, I think that's about it for this week uh, For this episode This has been a slightly shorter one Normally for fuck this week I do uh, about 45 minutes of talking I can't really think of anything else There's nothing else in the news today That I really want to touch on Um, uh, I will will quickly muse over Perhaps um, vaccinations in Germany Which have just been announced That Germany is going into lockdown For unvaccinated people only Let that sink in for a minute Germany is thinking about, not thinking about. Sorry, they have confirmed it today that unvaccinated people will be asked to restrict their movements, and in I think it's in February they're going to make it mandatory that you have your jab. Uh, so let's 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 explore this idea for a second. Uh, first off, let me let me clear up my stance on this. So, um, I don't think mandating vaccines to people is gonna work i think if it did work if if there was a sort of you know a 98 99 percent take up as a result of doing something like this i think i'd probably be in favor of it i'd be like well look you're gonna get a few idiots and yet, people might end up getting prosecuted as a result of refusing it here and there. But by and large, for the UK, it's best if we do Man, Like, if it was that sort of outcome, I'd probably be on board with it. I know that a lot of people don't see it that way, and that's fine. But I don't think that will happen here. I think people in the UK, since Brexit especially, and since Twitter, people are so drunk on this idea of sovereignty and... Um, look, I love civil liberties, but some people some people seem to have taken that and really run with it. Like, I don't have to wear a mask. I don't have to wear a mask. You're, you're infringing on my civil liberties, um, which is fine. OK, great. But it's got to a point now where if you ask people to think of the greater good, i.e., like, with getting a jab, they start wheeling out fucking, you know, some abstract obscure news report of some website you've never fucking heard of and you look it up on google and it goes don't don't click on this it's you know it's got a shaky like safety rating (laughs) you're like what the fuck are you sending me and it'll be like yeah look it says that out of 50 million uk jabs 49 million people had side effects you're like oh fucking great thanks very much you've got the scoop cheers um and i just think people in this country we're not america dot 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 yet <laughs> but we're not far off we're, like we're also drunk on this idea of personal liberty and we have this growing swelling army of libertarians where they really think that they're like like I call on my twitter I call them bargain bin brave hearts because that's honestly how I see them they think they are like brave running through a fr- field screaming about freedom you can't you, you, you can't uh um oh fuck i can't even think of the word now you can't i just can't think of the word um but it's like they they think that they're being uh, infringed upon or having their rights taken away from them and and so in their mind they're running through this field like brave screaming about freedom but to the rest of us we're just like like why are you being so weird about this just fucking <laughs> put the, put the fucking batlax and and shield down for a second just think this through logically. Like, why does everything have to be a personal fucking ego trip, civil rights, braveheart situation? Why, Like, what ever happened to just, like... This is a public health announcement. Uh, we would like all citizens to get vaccinated because it's better if we get rid of the plague. Like, that's how this shit should work. And instead, now, it's become this big egoy, Twitter-fueled, like... Well, I put a tweet up, and I said, I don't want to get no jab... No government's going to put a needle in my arm And I got 500 retweets And now I feel validated Whee! But that's where we're at now And I think if we mandated, mandated it over here You would see a real pushback on it You would see people like my friends You know, I've got two or three friends who are like this And I'm sure you do too Dear listener um, who, who get so fiery about this shit and they would just go on Twitter and go on Facebook and they would start talking about how this is the beginning. This is, you know, this is all part of government control. And, um, you know, it's funny, all you Ramonas, you're all about, you know, the, the freedoms and the liberalness of the EU. But now now you seem to be all supporting governments, putting needles into pe- people's eyes. Well, which is it, Ramona? You know, it'll be all of that shit. I just think people are too, we're too far through the looking glass in the UK To deal with a mandated Jab rollout Um, I mean you see it With fucking nurses Nurses who work in healthcare Who have I don't want to say Have they taken the Hippocratic Oath Is that a nurse thing As well as a doctor I don't know But You know Nurses are supposed to help people And make them better And think about health And look after people And think about their patients Best interests And all that shit And even nurses are like I don't like I don't want to have that needle in my arm. I don't want you to give me this magic medicine that will make me better and make life a lot safer and healthier for all of my patients. No, like they're, they're also drunk on the ego and the brave heartness of it. So I don't know what the fuck would happen. I mean, and like That's before we have a mandated jab rollout. So what the fuck's going to happen to you know people who, who actually have no vested interest in health or making the employment uh, uh, environment in which they work... Healthier For other people If nurses don't give a fuck If nurses get their fucking back up What is fucking Barry from accounts going to do? Is he You really think Barry's going to go like Yeah Alright fine No He's going to get all fucking uppity and brave heart about it as, as well It's I, I have You know it's I, I suppose Really where I sit on this is I think mandated jabs Is probably the right move <laughs> But I don't trust society To be able to handle it my faith in humanity and in the general intelligence level of the British public is so low. Like, people, people can't even be fucking trusted with, like... What was the name of that app that came out a few years ago? About 2016. I want to say Pikachu, but I don't think it was Pikachu. It was, like, that fucking Japanese app where people were, like, walking around... Um, you know, zapping cartoon characters, but in real life with their phones. And, you know, and then they would look over in the corner, they'd go, oh, wow, yeah, there's one there. And there was, like, news stories of people fucking following these cartoon characters over cliffs. People can't even be trusted to decipher what is real and what is fake. People can't even be, like, people will, will say no to a jab and then go and snort a line of ketamine that is cut with fucking ground down bones of human beings from mexico they will like people are fucking stupid uh and that's you know what that if if i was going to do a netflix special i think i would call it something along the lines of half of you are fucking morons like it's it's so ingrained in my uh in my outlook on, on Brit, like modern Britain now and America as well and look yes probably Australia I really think this is a sort of an Anglo uh, uh, descendant type thing it's, it's a white people thing I think half of us are fucking idiots and maybe maybe it's just men is it just white men who get in positions of power and do you know what I'm going way off on a tangent now because it's not even men who get in a position of power it's it's If I really wanted to psychoanalyse this, I would say it's actually the opposite. It tends to be white men who are not in positions of power, who don't necessarily have an awful lot of control over their situation, their life, their romance, their finance, whatever. And so having control over something like, uh, you know, the the vaccine narrative or uh, gun control or some like some big political topic, getting them fired up on Facebook, getting, f- you know, 50 comments in half an hour about a debate that they started, or um, getting 100 retweets in 20 minutes, you know, that makes them feel like something that they're doing matters, and they feel listened to. And I think that's where it comes from, if I was really psychoanalyzing it, but I don't know. Anyway, listen, I was only going to talk about that for a couple of minutes, but here I am, you know, I've rabbited right on. So uh, I've got up to my usual 45 minute mark. Uh, thank you so much for listening if, if indeed you have made it this far. Please do dr- drop us a, um, uh, a tweet at Aid Thompson or at and other disappointments. Actually, I think it's at oh shut up Aid now on Twitter at oh shut up Aid. Uh, So drop us a a, a little tweet Say hello Or leave me a review Because that always helps with iTunes And uh, I'll catch up with you on the next one Thanks very much And ciao for now Bye